Welcome back to Once Upon a Stream, your Disney Plus podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Shook, along with my co-host, Megan Mann. Hello! And we are back, and we have some special guests today. This is a crossover from one of my favorite podcasts from two of my favorite people. And so, Jen and Callie from the Watch Over podcast are with us today. Say hello! Hello! Hi! We're and here. so, super excited <laughs> to have them on today that... Um, we kind of knew each other through the Arrow fandom, and so that's kind of mainly what their podcast is about. But then they have a lot of pop culture and TV stuff. Our to show talk is about now over, that the show's so we're done. expanding. We're, well, even before it was over, Jen, you have to admit we love a good tangent. Oh, we do. There's well, pretty that's much perfect, nothing because we, we love a good a tangent, tangent here as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tangents are like our bread and butter. God yeah. bless. God love the tangent. And usually when I I guest on there, I kind of create like a super structured outline and stuff. But today we are freewheeling it. Are we which, freewheeling? Yeah. Cool. See, when Maddie comes on to our podcast, she's in charge. She keeps us in order. We're going to just keep applying that rule because I don't want to be in charge. So we'll just no. keep Maddie and Megan in charge and we can just go along for the ride. Yeah, I like <laughs> that. That sounds good. We reject all responsibility. Sounds perfect. And so, ladies, when we do have a guest for the first time on the podcast, um, first of just kind of giving like an introduction of what your journey with Disney is of kind of like which movies or properties like first brought you in like what's kind of your level of fandom and um what disney has meant to you over the years and so um this will be kind of fun too of that um because a lot of times our previous guests have kind of been in like similar generation of like just obsessing over the disney renaissance but that some of like other stuff probably were like influencing there and so um, yeah all you you go ahead and start oh my god this is the first time i am not the oldest person oh Oh my god God. i think i am i'm i'm winning that one by a landslide oh my god no i need i need to just breathe this in for a second i am never the oldest person (laughs) i am never or i'm never the youngest like a younger person i'm always 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 the oldest person and sometimes someone will say something and I'm like oh man I've never been the oldest until I joined the Arrow fandom and then I became like one of the oldest and I was like what <laughs> Callie's the baby in her family like the well, in my family baby. and all like, my previous fandoms yeah. like any friend group I've ever been in you know it's just like this is new <laughs> Oh, I just need to drink that in for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. All right. Just, well, Callie's really older, so she can go first. Jesus Christ. I could not even tell you what my first Disney movie is. It's just Disney has always been. Like, I remember when I was young. I mean, Disney was obviously, like, sucking a tailpipe right around the time when I was young. It was It was really in between their phases and they were still trying to figure stuff out and stuff like Fox and the Hound was coming out 
and okay, but that's Robin. A great one. Robin yeah, was Robin Hood. oh, I remember Fox and the Hound when that Hood. when we went Hot. to go see that. <laughs> that was like that's all anybody talked about. And then Robin Hood, same thing. It was like all of a sudden we were all foxes when we were playing. Yeah, that was like a real <laughs> sexual identity thing for me. I think I was like, <laughs> thinking that, that fox is hot. And I'm very confused. Like to give it some perspective, I went and saw um, the Little Mermaid for my birthday that year, and I want to say I was fourteen. When did Little Mermaid come out? Was that 1989? 89. 89. 89. 89. November so of the same year I was born. Yeah. Oh, man. And I I think I was fourteen or so, and so then. You know, I loved The Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid was like a bomb going off in, in the world of, mm-hmm. of of children's movies. But it was like, it was suddenly, all of a sudden you could see that it was more than just children's movie. Like, I loved Oliver and Company, mm-hmm. but like, that was still just a kid's movie. Little Mermaid kind of expanded with a, with some great beyond songs. just kids. Yeah. And it, it, it's where all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, Disney is a thing again. Mm-hmm. And I, so I saw Beauty and the Beast when it first came out. I saw Aladdin, like, and from then on, I was going to see these movies as soon as they were being released, because I was a teenager, and my friends and I would drive to the movie theater and go see them, and I remember when The Lion King premiered, and we went to go see it opening day, like, when it, when the the 90s renaissance happened, I was, like, front row center <laughs> on all like, of that. yeah. I was their target market. I was eight <laughs> when Little Mermaid came out. So my high school, we did a thing where each class had a mascot, and you'd vote when you were a freshman on what your mascot was going to be, and it was supposed to be something kind of pop culture or whatever. And our class, ninety-four, was we picked Mickey Mouse oh, as our mascot. Fun. That's so cool. And I love it. <laughs> it was, I mean. Our class stomped all the other classes all four <laughs> years, and we're like, we always, we always attributed that to the power of Mickey Mouse. We're like, we, <laughs> we have the full, you know, blessing of Walt Disney behind us. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yeah, so I think Disney's there, been big for me. <laughs> I think there was something in my, there was something in my high school where, like, for I don't know if it was like agreed upon. I don't know if it was like everyone was a villain one year or something, but I vividly remember having a black t-shirt with Ursula on it. And our grade was Ursula. And I was like, Oh no. I was like, I'm going to lean into this. I'm going to lean into this really That's hard. A good one. I'm going to lean into this super, super hard. And if you're uh, going to be a villain, Ursula's a good way to go. That's I what mean, I'm saying. I, if I'm going to lean into a villain, I'm going to lean into that. I'm pretty she's much pretty Ursula fabulous. or Maleficent. Cause it's oh, like, yeah. yeah she's, uh, Similar vibes. Well, right. she can also turn into a dragon, though. Like, that's pretty cool that she can turn into a dragon. Very I cool. mean, I wish I could shapeshift. She could just fly away. She could. Oh. She could fly away. She could be a dragon. She could breathe fire. And Listen, her, her arsenal... It's Maleficent, Maleficent literally calls upon all the powers of hell to turn right. into Right! It had a swear word in it! And I was like, they said hell, and I was just like, as a child, I was shook by it. Wow, Jen. Like, Mommy, they so said So she's hell. like, evil, evil. <laughs> I like, like, that was my favorite movie, was Sleeping Beauty. I pretty much had, I think I was watching Disney movies in utero. I don't remember a time. Yeah, same here. I just I don't remember. I remember watching all the old 
Disney movies as a kid. Yeah, like, like you know, you there. had to go to the Disney, you had to go to the video store and rent it. So I was always like trying to get my. I remember when they would re-release them in theaters because they didn't have yes. new movies, and so like. I remember the year they re-released Lady and the Tramp, and everybody went to the theater, and all the the Happy Meal toys were Lady and the Tramp. Yes, you know? it's like they they did they, and I did that. I, went I all the time. Vividly remember they did a re-release for Cinderella, and I remember yeah. going to see Peter Pan for yeah. my birthdays. I remember they'd often show um, like Pinocchio, like on Christmas. I don't oh, know why yeah. Christmas. That's but weird. I've never even associated that with Christmas. Yeah, it, yeah I, right? But they, I just remember watching like, it. Lady of the Tramp would make more sense because they actually have like a Christmas. Right? I just remember them having to always tear me away from, from watching Pinocchio to go to Midnight Mass. And I was oh, like, weird. Oh. That's funny. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I would say I, what else happened to me? Um, okay. So I would just, I would just literally watch Sleepy This is going to become a therapy session. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like to an unhealthy level. And I seriously, I wished that, cause I have dark hair and dark eyes and all I ever wanted was long blonde hair and blue eyes. And I used to think maybe God would give that to me. But it didn't happen until no. I had my daughter, and she popped out looking exactly Aww. like Sleepy Beauty. I was like, oh, Jen. it was so awesome. That's so like, I know. You're like, well, if it's not me, I guess it can be her. My pretty daughter. I was like, she actually has the complexion and everything that I wanted from Sleeping Beauty. I'll take it. Well, that um, kind of ties things in perfectly, because what we're talking about today is this is going to be our Mother's Day episode, and so that we're going to be discussing the moms of Disney, and so that's why I figure what better to actually have some moms on to talk about it. <laughs> and so, yes, we're mothers. <laughs> first off, the elephant in the room of just, Disney for a very long time had a certain trope of just the mothers not really being there. I mean, and Bambi, killing come on. Killing I mean, I vividly remember being little and my mom bringing this up. I think it was around the time of Beauty and the Beast. And I remember her standing wow. in the kitchen and being I'm like, so what old. the frack? Why are all the moms always dead? <laughs> They're always <laughs> dead. Although, I will say, speaking of Beauty and the Beast in terms of the mom, I really enjoyed in the live action remake how they like showed you that she died of plague right and, right. and i yes. really like because in the in the cartoon you're like okay well Where she's just she? dead she just died she's just- <laughs> I don't, and almost, they were almost always dead with no explanation no right. explanation and like, like man okay. you're like, you was it cancer was it uh, like you don't boo? know or something like is she an alcoholic i mean <laughs> So for them to like go in and that was one of my favorite things about yeah, the live action cool. remake is them like expounding on the story and you're like, oh, so this is why he's awful and oh, wow, his mom died too. And I she- have mad love for the Beauty and the Beast really live action. Good. I love it. It was and then, so good. And then like you find out that her mom no died comment. of plague and you're like, okay, this makes way more sense than just oh, totally. so gone. <laughs> what? She's just gone. <laughs> I was like, Cinderella, nobody explains it. No. It's okay, she gets shoes in the end. I'm like, or we could talk about her mother. <laughs> and then Apparently, that's another thing. Like in the live action remake of Cinderella, she gets sick and dies, and you see it happen, and you it's see nice. her in the beginning, and, and you're it's like, Haley Atwell, so you feel very sad because it's you like feel blonde so Peggy Carter is dying. Like, it's so sad. Because <laughs> it's, so, it's such a sweet. 
I think it, like, really adds another layer to those stories is that, like, in the animated versions, yeah, they're sad because they, or they, they're not even sad that they don't have moms. They're just like, yeah, she's gone, by. Yeah, she's gone. And then, right, right. It's like, whatever. We're cool. And then, so, like, hey, one of the cheesiest act- things. You needed I can- her in labor and delivery, so. But then in when the live action remakes, you get these, like, actual, like, moms in the beginning, and you find, well, not, like, Beauty and the Beast, you don't see the mom, really, but you know that she dies of plague, and you see Cinderella's mom, and you're like, okay, I feel much more... Like, it got the backstory. Yeah, you, and I you, feel more for it. Yeah. You connect more, and you relate more to her as a character, because you see her family. Yes, and it's like, Although, where was that in the cartoons? Yeah. One of the cheesiest ones of where they explain it is so in the lovely direct to home video sequels oh that they did oh for stuff. Oh god! Oh my Daddy, god! You watch that Those are so bad. I watched every Little Mermaid. Every um, love you because the Little Mermaid one basically wow. they explain oh, wow. the mom and the mom basically got run over by a boat. What? <laughs> are you kidding me? So, like, she, because oh the mom God. went to the surface and, like, a ship h- hits her, basically. And wow. so that's why Triton doesn't like people. Oh I did not know oh that. Oh, my God, that's the best. Oh, well, you know, that makes sense for why Triton doesn't want her to go to the Yeah, it really does. <laughs> but no one's going to no one's gonna suffer like we did through those awful sequels. They're so terrible. Although, I will say, in the Mulan sequel, Little Tangent, there's a song called Lesson Number One, and it is one of the best Disney songs that no one's ever heard. Oh. Um, so if you want to, you know, listen to a really good Disney song that no one has heard because it's a horrible sequel with none of the same voice actors except Ming-Na Wen, um, <laughs> I would go and listen to Lesson Number One from Mulan oh 2 because it's great. But before we move on, I have to say my favorite direct-to-video sequel was Lady and the Tramp 2, Scamp's Adventure. <laughs> yes, where Lady is a mom in that one. I yeah. have not heard exactly. Like, like so it's not entirely off topic. Like, my son, my for, my son watched it like on on repeat there for a while, and so oh, I God. have it committed to memory. That's it's in there. <laughs> Hilarious. It's a cute one for sure. It Didn't is they cute. make a whole television show? It's got I, good like, songs. Simba's kid, her, his daughter. Like Lion Patrol or something like that. Lion Guard, yeah. Lion Guard. Oh my God! You know the name of it. (laughs) Yes, and his name is Kion. Yeah, because Lauren would watch that constantly on a loop. Wow. So I was really only updated on Simba and his. And Gabrielle Union was Nala in that. Yeah. (laughs) It was Simba Nala's son Kion, and he was the member. He was the head of the lion guard and he took over for simba and he's go- you know what you know what? kind of ignores the events of lion king too <laughs> wow Shh. i was gonna They're say what happened to, to his a new daughter generation. that was what they were doing <laughs> i thought it was a girl yeah. Wait, wasn't there, like i thought scar I so had confused. like an out of wedlock basket yeah or wasn't something, and then that guy was that kid was like then they like fall in love Maybe yeah. I'm thinking of the other. Kovu no, and Kiara. yeah, Kovu. The yeah, Kovu! They, for yeah, the Disney Kovu. Channel series for Lion Guard, they just completely ignore that Lion. Oh, yeah, okay. Came to yeah. Wow. But it's okay. okay. But it's great. okay because <laughs> Kion and the Lion Guard are great because he has a hippo friend, he has a bird friend. It's fine, okay. It all works out in the end. You're fine. Because yeah. if you have a kid, watch Lion Guard. Though that you know, Simba had to have the boy in order for him to be heir. Yeah, that's how he's part of the... Wait, no. He has a lion guard friend that's a girl, and she's a lion, too. Okay. It's his sister. 
Oh yeah, they do have the sister, but it's just basically, yeah, it's a whole thing. Not on, staying on point. Yeah. So oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So let's really focus on because really of all the dead moms, Bammy is the one we actually get to see because we do get to know the mom a little bit beforehand. Before Which she just says makes words. it so much worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really does. <gasps> it's like, the one that has really traumatized understand. generations. Right. Like I don't really. It understand. still is. How they thought that movie was okay for little children. <laughs> like, right? I think it's because it was so early on in like the Disney library and catalog that they were like, this is fine. Kids are, have been in war-torn era. This is fine. I've watched like the documentaries with Walt Disney where he really wanted to do a naturalist style movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes a lot more sense to me. It was 1942. Yeah, yeah you know, in comparison to Nazis, it's not that bad. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, they're living in the during World War II. So, like, seeing Bambi's mom get shots, like, okay. You know, like. Kind of curious what movies are going to come out of this generation now. Oh, God. I can't. I can't do, like, a Disney version of Contagion. I can't. Because, <laughs> like, Disney can't get it. <laughs> Sorry, I can't do Disney it. Disney plague. Well, like, <laughs> like oh, Pixar's going to anthropomorphize like antibodies and like. Oh, yeah. oh my god, Inside that would be such a Pixar body. thing to do. Oh my Wait, god. Wasn't that Osmosis Jones? Has anybody ever seen Osmosis yes. Jones? Yes. Okay, thank you. <sighs> yeah, well, basically, it's like so back in the day, it had already shut down. Um, by the time I was old enough to go to Disney World. In the 80s, in like early 90s, there was an attraction at Epcot called Body Wars, which was where they like first created the like Star Tours technology. They were testing it out first, where it was like you were inside the human body and stuff. Wow. But apparently because A, the simulation technology was new, but also because it's you're like simulating being like in the bloodstream, everyone got that. sick on that That's ride. We, we went to Disney World like in the 90s. And I remember that. I was like 10. You were probably... I went so apparently like everyone hurled on that ride. And Maddie, but... I wonder if my parents ever put me on that and I probably freaked out. I remember what? that. I it was really cool. Yeah. Because they shut it down sometime in the mid-90s, but... It's, yeah, it's like... For a good reason. Sickness. Yeah, I visibly remember being in the stream. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say this... I want that back. to be taken so far out of context... Like, I want that to be the screen grab that people hear, and they're like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? (laughs) But here it's like, oh, yeah, that ride in the bloodstream, totally cool. Totally normal, totally fine. Totally cool. Yeah, that's a thing. I feel like Disney in the 90s was a little strange. (laughs) The 90s were a little strange. Ah, the Eisner era, where he just said yes to everything. Listen, Hunchback of Notre Dame, they let Frollo. Oh, another mom death. Yeah, another mom death. That like, movie was so hypersexualized. I did not realize how bad it was until I got older. You mean until I good. got older, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, it's like Disney porn. I'm like, okay. Again, another wildly inappropriate. Like, and they didn't have the Nazis to blame. Like, you know. Like, they didn't. The 90s. They did not. But then it's another thing of like. No, it's Katzenberg kind of, wanted an Oscar. Like, nah, well, that's true. But like. I mean, how often do we even see, like, in Bambi or, like, we see her in the beginning of, um, 
what do you call it? We see her in the beginning of Hunchback of Notre Dame, but we don't really, like, get anything from that. And then... Well, I was going to say the modern, like, sequel to Bambi's mom's death, I would say, is Finding Nemo. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is, like, the saddest thing ever. (laughs) That one really moment where they're, like, expecting parents, and they're, like, talking about baby names and stuff. (sighs) And then the parent comes shows up. It was really awful. Like, it was really awful. (laughs) And I was but, an adult. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a like, child. Yeah. It makes sense why you can't have the mom in Finding Nemo because Nemo wouldn't get lost if the mom was well, around. Well, see, it's I think like, that's right. why the true. mom has to adios a lot because they would not get into 95% of the drama and trouble that they get into if the mother was just there. This is true. Yeah. But then by everybody the same knows token, the dad when left to his own devices. But then by the same token, then they have... I feel like there are like two opposing sides to how they represent moms now where it's like either and there's like the smallest smallest sweet spot that is like an overlap of four movies where either (laughs) the mom is dead and the dad is left to his own devices so things go awry right okay cool or you have the dad's dead or gone and then you have these really strong single moms like in onward and in toy story and then there's that little ooh, this venn diagram is this little middle part is so small you can barely see it but you have like um the good dinosaur which no one cared about um you had um riley's parents in inside out you had merida's parents in brave there is the, the i mean it is literally so the two-parent household where everybody's yes that little middle bit of the venn diagram is so small because it is either something is going awry because the mom is gone and the dad is just floundering or on the opposite side you have this really strong independent mom who is super awesome but you know kids just make mistakes and that's fine so it's kind of like oh and Coco he has both of his parents Um, I can't talk about Miguel but they don't really talk like his parents it's like it's all about grandma no mama Coco I feel things Um, yeah but it is (laughs) yeah it's the generations prior like it is such a small I mean I guess you know and then you have Tangled, where the t- parents are technically alive, but she was like a- abducted as an infant. So that- yeah, she was like the only evil mom. That is like Kidnapping. literally the only evil mom in all of Disney. Yeah. 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 So that's that's different. I mean, that's a different. And that's mom? like the Queen in Snow White wasn't great either. No, but those oh, were stepmoms. That's a different oh, thing. Oh, stepmoms. That's, yeah. that's a whole like other category. So, yeah, <laughs> then the whole stepmom category is totally different because then you have in Maleficent, you have Michelle Pfeiffer going bonkers. And then yeah. you have, then you have yes. like, there's um, Kate Blanchett being the greatest evil stepmother literally ever. Oh, yes. Oh, she was Kate so Blanchett good. And oh. Kate Blanchett's outfits. That is someone who is like, that's like Chris Jenner, but in like that time period. Yeah, basically. in the sense that that is a momager. She will do anything to get her daughter's fame and fortune. Mm-hmm. So she is essentially Chris Jenner. I love yeah. the moment when they're at the ball and basically the, the stepmother's <laughs> motioning to the girls to like push the girls up, and you're like, oh, that's 
That's great. That's such like a that's such a like uh like a fame seeking woman though. Like she wants fame and fortune. She wants better status. Not even for her daughters. It's essentially for herself. She wants to have higher stature for herself. She doesn't want her. She doesn't care. Her daughters her, are her just the yeah. yeah, her daughters are literally a stepping stone to get her to where she needs to be in the aristocracy. And you're like, wow. Wow. So there are great moms in there. There are some not great moms. So Disney needs oh, to do some good stepmother other representation. Two-parent exactly. house- like, two parent household is Mulan. We have yes. oh, yeah, yeah. Mulan has both of her parents, and she saved China for them. She saved China for she them. She literally saved a nation. For them See, to protect it's her hard father. to like beat Mulan in in terms of like goal setting accomplishments. Like there's <laughs> no one better than Mulan. It's that simple. Like she literally See when you have both parents, you can when save you China. Have both parents. You can save China. Yeah. You can save a nation from a bloodthirsty um Wasn't it the villain. Huns? Huns. It was the Huns, yeah. yeah. So it's like Oh my god, look at this two-parent household. And Riley, she becomes very okay with feeling both happy and sad and all the emotions that emotionally are adjusted. Yeah. She's emotionally adjusted because she has both parents. So realistically, you need both parents. I mean, she's for inside out that really about it. the Kelly. only trauma for her is mm. moving and not having to deal with parent stuff because it makes yes! it more relatable of just mm-hmm. kids move, but not not everyone has to deal with like the death of a parent and we have right. enough Disney like, movies we could, for like, that a little more yes. real world more frequent things that are happening like moving houses <laughs> right like my parents are never gonna go on a ship journey and both die in a storm like Elsa and Anna's parents I That's really thought that was happen. going somewhere like they were gonna get revealed you know, like when Simba's running and, you know, Rafiki's like, I will show you to him. Like, I will take you to Mufasa. And, like, for a split second, you're like, maybe Mufasa's really alive. I had that moment in Frozen 2 where I was like, oh, maybe they're not dead. I did too. I was like, oh, my God, are, are the parents alive? This I would be, is like, be amazing. Great. All the people in the fog were still alive. They should have been alive. I know. I was like, how come all these people are still And, like, the parents were dead? No, but they died dead? in a ship. No, they died in a shipwreck. They were, oh, they, that's the right. fog had already been happening. They oh, were dying. Yeah. In a, they died in a shipwreck. Totally different. And so the totally ship different. washed up. Yeah. But still. It's like super traumatic. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, hello. I'm Have you not maybe, heard about like, all the dead moms? Well, I'm wondering if maybe my love of angst maybe began with Bambi and that first trauma. <laughs> because oh what God. they do is they murder the mother in probably one of the most horrific ways. But then they serve up the baby twins at the end. Yeah. So you're lulled into this sense of, oh, everything's happy because multiples. <laughs> wow, Jen. It explains so much about it. Right? It I was like mulling this over. I'm like, you know, there's a lot of connective thread here for me and the television You could go I've to therapy the and just like talk about Disney. And I think the therapist that might have like, something to do with This is what's wrong with you. I know. This is where it Basically, ends and it starts with Bambi. My dad. Where your preferences began. And he hunts deer. And he had three girls at home. And every. Every time, every time he went hunting, we would make a Bambi comment to him. I still make Bambi comments. Run to the thicket. <laughs> Don't shoot Bambi. He's like, I hate that God bless him movie. <laughs> like, and again, shit. another parent that lets things kind of go awry because he doesn't have a handle on things is in the live action Dumbo. Colin See, Farrell. I didn't see that one. 
You didn't see it? Oh, you know what? I, I ended up really Dumbo. liking it. it I thought it was really good. It's nothing like the cartoon. Okay. No, it's kind more of a sequel they, than a like reboot. Yeah. They made they made it a point though to like take out the extremely trippy scene where Dumbo's basically drunk because they're like, we can't do that in today. They took out the casual racism too. Oh yeah, they did that too. too. Which God bless. (laughs) Um, But like it is, it's that he doesn't have, you know, I mean, it's uh, yeah, parent. Does, is Dumbo's mom still in it? Because she's my favorite. She's my favorite mom. Yes, yeah. she is in it, but they're separated for 97% of the movie. That so sucks. basically like the cartoon. Yeah, so there are, there, don't get me wrong, there are definitely so, yeah, similarities. So let's, let's get into some mom characters that do exist in the movie that don't die. Like, so Dumbo's mom. like She's my favorite, and the lullaby that she baby sings mine Dumbo is, is heartbreaking. the lullaby that I sang to Lauren when she was a baby. Oh my gosh, that's adorable. And she loved it. She would go to sleep every time. It was really cute. That's adorable. I know. I'm just rainbows and sunshine. (laughs) That just makes me feel things. But like she she was so loving and she didn't even say a single word. Yeah. It was just like, it's just pure love. And I also, like my favorite part of Dumbo is when they were, the storks were bringing the babies. I just love Why that am part. I not surprised? And then? I just love it. it There's says a lot. So much. I am discovering in self analysis here that <sighs> you're really welcome. can be tied to by the hour. Mm-hmm. This has been very enlightening for me. You're focused on babies. <laughs> I love the babies. They're so cute in their little pouches, and then they float down. Because it's all the baby animals in the it's circus. It's all the baby animals. I really thought that was how babies show up for a really long time. <laughs> And then you had one, and you're like, nope. That's not how it happened. <laughs> not no. how it's happening. I think that, like, maybe it was, like, some kind of, like, foreshadowing. Like, I love all these peaceful, happy pregnancy baby stuff, and then mine was a nightmare. So <laughs> I just go turn on Disney the way it could have been. That'll work. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because Baby Mine is just a really sweet song. And then... And it's an easy one to sing because it's like the melody's in a good range. Yeah. So. Um, speaking of animal moms, we'll get to the human ones later. Um, but Kala from Tarzan—that's one of the few things I actually like remember in life from that movie. Of like, you'll be in my heart. So it's an adoptive mom, Love but that, that she's great because the human mom has died uh, viciously, like literally got like eaten by a jaguar that's traumatizing but like the you'll be in my heart scene is actually just like really sweet oh that that movie was big the year that i was pregnant with my first and so that song and that whole thing is like yeah i have some memories (laughs) oh that scene though oh that's one of like i think like the best Disney songs that doesn't have to do with romantic love. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a really nice song about love, but it's like, no, like, this is familial love we're talking about now. We're not talking about romantic love, which is what so many of those songs are from Disney, is the romantic kind. And you're like, no, no. There's another level. There are other levels. (laughs) Like, I think. Uh, 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 under that same category is like 
you've got a friend in me or when she was mine, which we don't talk about because that is no. a can of emotional worms. But And then those there's on and Elsa and the sisterly love. Oh, yes. Right. But all these songs fall under different types of love right. that aren't romantic love. And those are the songs that I think a lot of people end up like really gravitating towards because mm-hmm. you're like, this isn't about romantic love. This is about like the love more people encounter on a day-to-day basis. Like, sure, you might have romantic love, but if you don't, there are still these Disney moments that show that kind of love is just as important. Right. Which I love. Like the whole. There's the song at the end of, um, I don't know if you guys have watched it since it's brand new, Onward. There's a song during the credits, and it's all about how, like, grateful to be, like, you should be for your siblings and you're like this is great where where is this more of the sibling love displayed in onward is like i can't it's so can't. it's gorgeous we, we got into it in the episode it's just it's it's so touching and like really yeah. sweet we have a whole um, episode about it where we just like get really deep into how like uh, it's about siblings and like how that is something especially brotherhood that doesn't often get displayed in a positive way I feel well, like it, it, see... it took the the missing parent thing and was like, here is how you fill the gap with the missing parent is you have this other relationship to fill that gap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I love that. And like, that's what I said with like, you'll be in my heart. There's the, there's all these really great songs that are about things like familial love. And I love that. And that was one of those things that was so great about that song from Tarzan. And one of my favorite tropes in fiction, bringing it back to like the Tarzan situation, is when there's also found families. And so that it might not be like the like birth parent or that type of thing, but that like Kala steps in and takes care of Tarzan, but has that like the love is real even though they're not like blood related because they're different species. But that's a thing. That, that love is totally there. And then, um, like, two weeks ago, we did a live tweet with some other outlets. We um, talked about Lilo and Stitch recently. And even though the parents are gone there, that Nani, um, the older sister, has to kind of step up yeah. into that mother role. Yeah, and that it's, it's just sweet of, like, the – it's one of those things when you watch it as an adult as opposed to, like, a kid, like – you really feel for Nani as a character because she's 19 and trying to take care of her like six-year-old little sister and just trying her best and that it's hard but she also doesn't want like she wants what's best for her but is also like it's frustrating of trying to deal with a little kid who is also dealing with grief and stuff that not something you're equipped to really handle as a teenager yourself and so that it's really interesting of like those kind of family dynamics but I That's think like Disney's with Elsa done a better Anna, job. Though. Yeah, I think Disney's done a better job in the last, I don't know, ten years of trying to expand beyond the romantic love, which, which I good. think is so great. Yes. Like, like the whole premise of Brave is Merida realizing that her mom and her, she and her mom are not enemies. They're wanting the same thing. It might present itself differently, but she, all she wants is a better life for Merida and she wants her to understand that I understand you might not like how you're being brought up but these are this is like how we present ourselves to other people and this is just how we were born and we can't help where we were born but you know you can choose to make the best of it and that's the thing where like you know she the whole 
premise is her realizing mend the bond. She thinks it's the tapestry. It's not the tapestry. It's mending the bond between her and her mom. And like, just for them to understand each other. Yes, and that's the whole point of the movie. And you're like, that's fantastic. Like, there's all with fabulous Scottish accents. Oh my god, I could listen to turn my mom into a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, mom. It's just my bow. <laughs> I'd say that, and if you had the chance to change, to your, change bit, your bit, would you? Would you? <laughs> and regularly, to no one. I mean, I'm like going into the pantry, and I'm like, to. if you had yeah. the chance to change your fit, no, doesn't matter. But I do agree. I think that is. You can't something... talk about what brave without saying that. Line. No, you can't. <laughs> the accent has to come out, or you're not talking about it properly. But again, I think that is something that has been a change in narrative over the last however many years because again like I said you know Andy's mom is raising Andy and Molly and there's nothing they want for like right. they're showing like hey she's a single mom you don't know why yeah the, the, the loss ne- of the dad is never never mentioned never, never talked about you never not relevant <laughs> Andy <laughs> seems to be an adjusted kid Andy doesn't even say like hey I really miss dad nothing nothing <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's kind of nice because there's 30 other Disney movies where the mother is gone and never mentioned so right and then it's just like, the tables have turned right and so like there's just no dad just like in Princess and the Frog she had a dad in the beginning and you get to know him and he's the reason she even is right. so ambitious and so determined and so hard working but yeah. he's dead in the end and then he she, died in the war but to be fair, if you're gonna have an only single mom, it better be Oprah. Yeah, like it's yeah. gotta be and Oprah. We gotta go. We gotta. Well, we'll talk about however. Well, I will so, say she, yeah, well, of the so single angry. moms who just like don't really care that there's not like the dad in the picture of bringing it back old school. Duchess from the Aristocats. Like, oh yeah, oh, she's just one. her fabulous self, and she they, has like. They, do they ever mention the dad? No, I don't think no, so. because no. she's getting her groove back, and so she she finds Thomas O'Malley, and it's like, okay, how about you? And do we ever like find out why all three of her kittens don't look like her, except um, for Marie? Except who for knows? Marie, Marie's the only one who looks like her. Did she adopt those other two cats? Did she have them? How did this happen? Maybe Why there no was another Maybe the dad was like orange and gray. Or, yeah. Why is no one questioning this? You know, Duchess lives her life as Duchess wants to live it. So. She's Duchess. And she raises her kitties to be cultured. They're playing the piano. They're painting. They're singing. They're arpeggios. You know, mm-hmm. they're... They're very cultured kittens living in a very lavish lifestyle. So she's crushing, you know, crushing the single mom. I think there's an argument to be made for the Disney movies. You take the Disney movies where there's, ignoring the ones where there's both parents. You take the ones where there's just the father and the ones where there's just the mother. And arguably the characters in the ones with just the mother seem to be in a better spot. That's seriously right. so That's true. Fair. Like Andy, we just said, Andy seems super well adjusted. Uh, Tiana, she literally saves up all that money to make her own restaurant. Yeah. Like, hello. Nala's holding down the fort. Who? She's dealing with Nala. She's dealing with yeah. Oscar's nonsense. And... Yeah, that's true. Because she's like, uh-uh, we're not hunting for you. I love Nala. No, we're not. We're not Nala's doing your hunting. Great. 
You send those hyenas. I don't care. <laughs> like her voice is so great. But like he takes Bambi. I'm looking it up. Original Nala is Moira Kelly. Bambi is all about the ennui, you know. Like, oh no, I don't have my mother. Oh no, I'm thinking of Sarabi. I'm thinking of Sarabi. Yeah, you're thinking of yeah. But also Nala is awesome too. Sorry, I accidentally clicked the live action, and I was like, nope. Nope. (laughs) We don't recognize that. (laughs) No, no. It's funny, though. I was just watching this as a totally off-topic thing, but I was just watching an old episode of Graham Norton from last year with Seth Rogen, and Matthew Broderick was on the same episode, and he said, oh, Matthew Broderick, you're um, the original Simba. I didn't know that. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, tying that together, Seth Rogen, you're in the new live-action one. He's like, is it really live-action? He's like, Disney said it was, so it is. (laughs) It is. Mm -hmm. Nope. I'm going to agree with whatever they say. Yep. That's me. God bless (laughs) Seth Rogen. (laughs) I mean, he raises a good point. (laughs) Right? He's not not wrong. (laughs) So, Madge Sinclair is the name of the actress who was the original voice of Sarabi, who is also the queen in Coming to America. So... Oh yeah, I love that. I love that. Noise, little bit of trivia. But yeah, I do agree. I think it is interesting though that in a lot of films they kill off the mom, and that's sort of what sends these characters into like a weird tailspin of adventure. But then it's the when they do have the mom, they do still have that adventure, but they're weirdly way more. like adjusted. normal adjusted yeah, yeah like yeah. way more adjusted. drama a little bit better yeah yeah because like i mean i don't know and because again we can't talk about the films where they have both parents because i feel like that's like a weird medium between the two where there's adventure but it's not going awry but it's not also like completely yeah i don't know well it's also weird. as we're saying of like ones where the mom dies of where it's worse for the kids is a lot of times in them the Disney dad is stupid and marries an evil person. This right. is true. It's also true. This also happens, yes. Yeah, it but doesn't it's never detect the that opposite. the person is it's, evil before it's they die. It's never the mom that marries some terrible guy. No, I really can't Because things get real dark. When <laughs> right. But like, it's, and can't it's put in the well like, hey, live with your aunt or something. Like, yes, he's no. looking for someone to fill the job requirement and marries the next pretty face without paying any attention to her personality, and then the kid pays for it. <laughs> Cinderella. I mean... <laughs> How did you not see Snow 29 White? Red Flags? Snow White? Snow, Snow White. White. Oh, I'm me, telling you, we're God. watching these movies and we're like, there are so many red flags. <laughs> what was the dad thinking? But, I can see the first yeah. red flag the moment she speaks. Oh, like, like uh, hello. You know who we she haven't named even her discussed? Cat Lucifer. We haven't even well, like, discussed. Even Sleeping, but even in like, Sleeping Beauty, both her parents are alive, but they're just assholes. They just don't invite Maleficent to the party. That's fair. You know who has zero parents or that we know of? But also who do serve as moms who are awesome are the fairies. Yes. Because they're the ones who raise Aurora. Right. They raise her. Yeah. It's like three moms. My three moms. Yep. I would would watch that movie. Um, (laughs) But there's one character in Disney who literally never mentions their parents whatsoever. And their step... Uh... mm, future stepmom is just like a literally awful human witch person is um an enchanted um they never say that she has parents she's just like a barefoot girl with a flower crown in the woods talking to animals and then she like 
Well, enchanted, and it's like it's satire. It's like it's the peak of all of the things put together. But they never even mention that she has parents. She has no parents. (laughs) There's just none. She doesn't have a mom. She doesn't have a dad. There's just none. And then Susan Sarandon plays this incredibly horrible version of every worst stepmom ever who can do magic, has a a henchman who's like, do you want juicy caramel apple? Like... He, she has all the horrible qualities wrapped into one, which is what I love about it. And it's so <laughs> awful, but she plays it so well. Oh, that's one we should be focusing more on. Even though it is meant to be like every single princess trope on the planet. Yeah, I've never seen it. What? Oh no, Dan! Okay. Run! Run! <laughs> oh my God! Okay. How have you not seen Enchanted? Yeah, look at that! Hey, guys! Our, our next episode with Watcher oh Over will god. be when Jen watches it. Oh my god! How have you never seen it? Oh no, I did! I've seen that one! Okay, yeah. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, yeah, god. Yeah, I was like, that has some of the best songs For ever some reason, from I was Disney. thinking of Anne Hathaway. No! I know! Oh, I don't know why. Still Enchanted. That's, I don't know. That's a different thing. Sometimes wow. my brain just goes. Yeah, oh no, no, no. Places. You're thinking of something totally different. No, yeah. no, 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 no. We're not Enchanted. Isn't it Ella Enchanted? Yes. Okay. Ella Enchanted Ella is the Anne Hathaway Hugh Dancy one. Yeah. I yes, thought, which I will I was literally not... thinking, I thought Susan Sarandon was in the one with McDreamy. <laughs> no, I will, re- I refuse to accept, refuse to accept Ella Enchanted as a film because that was my favorite oh, book when I was growing up. I love that movie, though. No, 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 no. That book, Ella Enchanted and Holes, were, like, the only two books I read for, like, three years in a row. So, like, mm-mm. No, I take that too seriously. But anyway. are high. Enchanted is only a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. They're what wrong. Kind of, what kind of mess is that? What well, they're of, wrong. I don't, so. I don't trust IMDb's about? ratings for no, anything because they don't have taste. No, because they're always wrong. Like, when they, like, praise really horrible, like, Batman versus Superman, I'm like, oh, okay, this is a wrong, inaccurate rating because that movie sucked horribly. I liked it. <laughs> what movie? Batman, uh, Batman versus, Superman. versus Superman. Oh, no, well, no, I didn't it, even it, watch it. I couldn't. I, I didn't watch the... It was like for years, the highest rated movie was Dark Knight Rises. And so I was just like, yeah, no. I feel like I did not watch the Justice League, though. It's okay. It. Don't worry I about it. It either. sucked. Anyway, you back to moms. Yourself. But like, hey. but like, I don't know. I feel like, oh, yeah. Dads always marry the wrong ones. I mean, that story. it's. I mean, I have actually, actually care. not myself per- personally, but my mother had this experience where her mother died and it was literally like my grandfather was looking for someone to fill the job requirement. And so he like got married really fast and she was crazy. Like legitimately. I don't know. I feel stepmom. like if you're royalty, like, isn't there a screening process? I don't know. Because like, there's an intense screening process like, these don't days. don't they have a prenup? Wouldn't they? Like, all of these dads are filthy rich. They don't, like, give a second to be like, well, maybe she's just after me for the money and, like, not marry her in a week. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Just maybe they just weren't with it in the 1700s and 1800s. That yeah, that good. was not a thing. <laughs> not at all not at all but then you look at it then there is this very interesting sort of thing because then you have the dads who instantly remarry and then you have the moms who never remarry 
Yeah, I think that's an interesting conundrum because it's almost like I think you could almost take that as the women aren't allowed to remarry. Like they have to do it on their own, which I don't necessarily. I would like to see it more evenly balanced where, you know, we have maybe we have an either an evil Once again, stepfather. why Aristocats is awesome because when Duchess meets O'Malley, she's like, I'm down. I've right. been alone and with these Aristocats, kids for years. <laughs> I think the only thing I can think of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's literally just like aristocats and onward where you see the moms even putting themselves back out there and dating someone right they're not necessarily getting married but obviously she's definitely interested in thomas o'malley and in onward she's definitely involved with the centaur so it's like you know you have these moms who don't even and i don't know if it's meant to be like oh women don't need a man to fill that role or if they're just like maybe women can't move on but that's an interesting thing to point out is yeah, that sometimes it's one of those things where it's like they're trying they try to avoid a stereotype so hard that then it kind of like goes full 180 into like yeah indicating another well, bad thing i think that there's been an interesting switch and shift not just in disney but in film and tv and movies and all that kind of stuff where you know you have the strong female character quote unquote right but she is part in order for her to be strong she can't have any romantic entanglements like she has to be alone in order to be strong i've kind of seen that shift over the last few years where it's almost like you know where you have characters where you know they say it a lot on supergirl the writers actually say you know oh kara's strong you know she's a super superhero she doesn't need a man I'm like, well, I don't think women fall in love because we think we need a man. We just fall in love because we fall in love with a person. You know what I mean? So, right, and I think that's what's... I and, think like, that's, once upon a time, it took forever for Emma to, like, even consider... Right, dating right. Any and kind that's of the romance. thing. Like, I feel like that is kind of... It is just, like, that weird difference between men and women, and I don't know if it's conscious or not, where they're like, okay, a man obviously needs someone, he'll marry, remarry instantly. But a woman, she doesn't necessarily... Men are they need. Right. They need yeah, them. and so I think that's also maybe sending a, a weird message. Like, mm-hmm. like, say a kid watches something like Onward, right? And they see that the mom doesn't have anyone and it, everything's fine, right? Or uh, I'll go with Toy Story. Like, say they watch Toy Story, right? Everything's fine. And then say they're experiencing the same thing. Then their mom starts dating someone and they're like, well, now something's going to shift off balance. Where So it's like... I kind of wish they would show the moms who are, you know, considering getting back out, out there or something, just so that kids can have that kind of imagery. Right. Where they're like, okay, if my dad, if my dad's gone, if my parents are divorced, if my dad passed away, then it's okay for my mom to get into a new relationship and find mm-hmm. new love. Because I do think a lot of it does have to do with women are they want to maybe just like focus women on being strong rather than understanding that you can be strong and still have romantic love right i mean they write a male character and it's not even considered it's like it's you know he's able to be multifaceted it's not you know if he's in love with if he has a romantic relationship nobody questions the strength of the character but if if a woman is in a in a relationship then all of a sudden you know the strength of her independence and um all that comes under question right i i think it's something that i mean disney's doing better because they're trying to show you know more single moms but i think the next step to that is hey let's do some evil stepfathers let's you know have or just even having people get remarried and having it be okay okay you know right and i think i mean we talked about 
them sort of busting the trope of like a woman is strong and doesn't need a man in our Frozen episode because we talked about how Anna and Kristoff like Anna's like cool I love you bye I have to go save some people like and Kristoff's like cool just tell me what you need me to do so it's like they're working it's such such small steps forward Mm -hmm. but then it needs to just translate not even to their just their younger characters because that is something that people need to see as younger characters like Kristoff and Anna's relationship but it is something they need to see with mother relationships too I agree I think that's something that's it's another step for portraying the family dynamic because Mm -hmm. it's just a reality now of like blended families is just a huge proportion well that's one thing that i kind of really dug about what onward did was the mom was dating and the guy the kids were just not sure about it dad had been gone for a long time 16 years so and and but they're still just like i don't like this i don't like this guy and you know they see him as an adversary in the beginning but by the end they accept him into the family and it was just kind of like this little side plot running throughout the whole thing and And it makes me sad that that movie ended up not getting a full theatrical release because you have to have disney plus to see it or you have to buy it and it's like I did both. That is something <laughs> that's something that needs to like but right, but like, you know, for some people they they might not right, do right. that. So they that's such an important part of that story where it's like yeah, the mom is just out there getting her life back and yeah. she under it's it's been that's a long where time. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be against them just doing a the, like resuming a theatrical run for it when things open back up of just like hey, having movies in theaters is a good thing. So yeah. It just, I don't know, I just wish that they, like, like you guys said, blended families is what I think is what they should, like, broach next. Like, because it's not, blended families is not new. It's right. just not. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, yeah. yes, they focus on sisterhood with Frozen. Yes, they focused uh, on brotherhood with Onward. And you've got, like, dead dads, dead moms, whatever. But you don't have a blended family story. And why not? I mean, right. again, found families in, like, the terms of, like, up. But that's, right. like, I don't know. It's not the same thing. You need to have, they need to have a story about a blended family and how that can be okay. That's right. something I think that they need because, you know, there are a lot of kids who are, like, who's this woman? Like, this isn't my mom. Like, I'm right. not comfortable it's a with real, her. It's a real thing. You know, people have to deal with that. And, uh, I mean, at least 50% of the country has to deal with it, you know, because the divorce rate is around 50%. So, and there's such, th- and it's yeah. so easy to just automatically assume that if you're going to have a stepmom, she's going to be awful because that's all that's being that's perpetuated. All right. That's exactly. all that's being perpetuated. There's exactly. not any sort of like stepmom or stepdad sort of story where it's like, this is okay. So maybe this, this is an no, idea nice. for a future Disney episode that we have a single mom and the story is about forging a relationship with the new mm-hmm. stepfather. You yep. know, I like it. I like it. Do I don't understand why they wouldn't take advantage of that, knowing that so many kids would see that movie and say, okay, that's, I I identify with this story right. because there are a lot of kids out there who don't identify with having two parents or who identify with having like a good relationship with a parent. You know, I think it's I think for Disney to be super well-rounded, I think they need to have all of those kind of stories. Just like I felt like 
they needed to be more well-rounded with their princesses. Like, you know, Moana right. doesn't look like the typical princess, and she's literally... She all she wanted to do was become a wayfinder. That's it. She just wanted to go out and have adventure. Like yeah. you know, Mulan again. Homegirl saved our nation. Like you know what I mean. And another good mom because the mom like understood of like she's she's gonna go. So I might as well help her pack and make sure she has like good stuff to survive. Like yeah. And just like Mulan's mom, she told her dad, "Do not go after her because if you go after her, and we've like." You know, you'll probably die. She'll probably die. And it's, it's not, not worth it. She's going to be fine. She's going to be fine. And then you know what? Homegirl's fine. She's fine. The one I thought was kind of an interesting, I think an unexpected reaction was the finding Dory with the adoptive yes. family and birth parents and adopted kids. Like, I think you told me that, Maddie, that, you know, kids yeah. were, adopting kids were coming out of that theater wondering if their birth parents were looking for them yeah I I remember reading an article when it came out of like that was like a discussion point of like kids were asking their parents that because I can totally see how the narrative of that movie because yeah it is the point of like her her parents were looking for them all along and you're just like oh my gosh yeah it's it's not a difficult leap for them to take at all so yeah so like people who had like adopted kids were like not cool Pixar But, I mean, it, it is good that kids can see themselves in that kind of thing. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think yeah. that's what... And I, I've i always felt like that, like, you know, over yeah. the course of even, like, the last maybe, like, ten or so years where, like, you want to identify at least a little bit with what you're seeing, especially kids. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to see themselves in that story. Mm-hmm. So it's like... For when I was little, I didn't see myself being 5'10 with, like, a 24-inch waist and the longest hair ever with, like, um, like a fairy godmother or something. Like, I never actually, I could dream it. I could dream it all day. But that doesn't mean it was going to happen. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas now I feel like that tide has shifted and, like, kids are more able to definitely in the last 10 years see themselves in those kind of things. Like... I'm sure a lot of kids watched up and saw themselves in Russell when he's like, my dad's too busy to like hang out with me because there are so many kids whose parents are always so busy and they don't really get to spend time with their parents in the way that they would like to. So I, I like that shift where kids can now see themselves mm-hmm. in yeah. the, and relate to the movies rather than when we were younger and we were like, yeah, this is realistic. Right. Yeah. In yeah, terms which is of like modernization voice. of storytelling, I think the best example, and because also, let's be real, a lot of these mom characters we've talked about, they're not fully fleshed out as people. You get like little glimpses into them, but they're not like a true character unto themselves with their own arcs and narratives and motivation and all of that. Whereas like really the sole exception from that is Helen Parr from Incredibles 1 and 2. And I yeah. think she's really just such a fascinating character. I agree. I mean, she's literally a superhero who can stretch. Well, I remember when The Incredibles first came out, there was a piece in the paper that I read about how... What's a newspaper? I know, right? Um, about how... <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. I had to. That was too easy. You're incubating children. <laughs> it's about how Helen Parr, being Elastigirl, 
was specifically because she was a mother for the majority of the movie Mm -hmm. is that they wanted to show that mothers had to stretch themselves so thin Mm. to take care of their families. Man, is that the truth? Oh, I love that! that. Each of the powers is reflective of, like, the family role that they have. Like, the dad's supposed to be strong and, like, like strong leader type thing. You got the oh, hyperactive like the little kid died. and the shy The teenager just Whoa. wants to be invisible. Yeah. And the little oh, boy just hyperactive my God. running. I had no idea about any of this and my mind is blown. This is probably because I don't really watch The Incredibles so I don't like it. <laughs> but, oh my God. Yeah. This makes so much sense. Oh my God. Oh, I'm going to need a minute. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Holy I remember crap, that back this is in the amazing. Day. I used to be really into DVD audio commentaries um, growing up. And so um, the Brad Bird, um, the director and like also like main writer for that movie, his commentary for that was really interesting and kind of talking about how they reflected that in the roles of just that, yeah, she's a mom, so she just kind of has to stretch and like be flexible of Correct. taking on all these yeah. different roles and stuff. Exactly. Right. Oh my God. I'm not going to recover. <laughs> Well, I also love that. I feel like that really Elastigirl and oh shoot, what's the dad's name? Mr. Incredible. Mr. Incredible. Mr. Incredible. Um, I feel like that was one of the most realist depictions of marriage. Oh yeah. Yes. That has ever graced my. In TV the climax screen. when they're tr- arguing over navigation. Right. Like, you got a glimpse of it in Inside Out with yeah. Riley's parents, but yeah. Yeah. No, that was really. I was like, oh, this sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think it's really interesting of just that, so starting off first with the first movie, that, like, Helen adjusted a lot better to, quote-unquote, like, civilian life, partially just because she had to. She's, yeah, of, like, she's flexible. She's the type of just, like, okay, <laughs> like, okay, this is, this is our reality, and so I'm going to make this work, whereas the, like, it's the death that's having, like, the midlife crisis it's, and just like oh it used to be it's like and she yes. didn't have the luxury to just have the little ennui self you know recrimination right, right. that, that he yes. was able to indulge in because she's busy taking care of the kids in the house and everything else exactly mm-hmm. all she wants him to do is hold down a job and he can't, <laughs> can't you know, even do that so they don't and not get them moved years. again yeah right like can you just do this one thing <laughs> Because, like, you see in the second movie that she did miss, like, being a last girl and helping people and being a hero and all of that. But, yeah, she that just wasn't a focus for her. Right. In the first one of just she coped. She learned how to deal. And that was what was so great about the second one where she's like, no, you are staying home and you are dealing with these kids and I'm going to fight crime this time. You stay home. You stay home. (laughs) Because she's like, yeah, I got this opportunity, and I'm taking it. (laughs) Well, I also like within that film, they're very... You can imagine Holly Hunter saying it like that. You can imagine it. Right. Well, I also like that they were very honest in that, you know, it wasn't like, oh, we can be both be superheroing at the same time. Like, you have to make choices. Well, because because Dash had math homework, and Violet had her boyfriend troubles, and it was like, he had to be able to handle both Why would they change math? Because, I mean, even when I was working after I had my daughter, you know, if she was sick, somebody had to stay home with her. And so it boils down to whose job is more important. 
you have to have those kind of honest conversations. Who can take the sick time? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I kind of felt like it was in a thread of that was in the, you know, in the Incredibles, Mm -hmm. which I thought was fairly astute of them for a Disney film, you know? Because especially in terms of priority at that point, she's being a less girl. She's like literally saving people. So yeah, watch the kids. I I need to go stop a runaway train. Right? Although there is a strong mom who is not... Mm, I wouldn't say she's the best mom, but she's um, spunky, and I like that. And we haven't mentioned her at all, which is Mrs. Banks from Mary Poppins. She's literally a suffragette. Uh, yeah, she was yeah. pretty She literally awesome. yeah. fights for women's rights, and she's not there because she's... But she's showing her kids a good example, like, look, you need to stand up for what's right, and you need to stand up for the people around you, otherwise no one else will. And I'm not here a lot, but I'm fighting for a better future I, I for love Jane. In saving Mr. Banks, when they talk about like, so P.L. Travers is like, why is Mrs. Banks a suffragette? And they're like, well, like if she, if there has to be a nanny, then we have to have like an excuse of like why she's not there and like needs a nanny, you mm-hmm. know? Because for like that's what American audiences would. And Lucy like, didn't want. kill her, but she can't yeah! do her job. Yeah, thank like, God. <laughs> turn of the century so yeah so she's off like protesting and but i love let's that be real like yeah. rich people in england turn of the century yeah they totally had like nannies and stuff that they didn't engage with their children that's why i i always laugh in downton abbey there's like a scene in like the later seasons when they all have kids when like the like servant people just like present them at tea time and just like they play with them for like two minutes and then just pass them back off. I know. Oh, yeah. Yes. 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 So thank true. you, Nanny. We'll see yep. them back again at dinner. Yes. That's like, um, have have any of you, which if you haven't, I don't recommend it just for the sheer amount of sobbing you will do. Is Has anyone seen Goodbye, Christopher Robin? No. No. Oh, oh my God. Okay. So it's about A.A. A. Milne and him coming to the decision to write the Winnie the Pooh books and like it's not like the um it's not like the Winnie the Pooh movie Christopher Robin it's not like that it's literally like A.A. Milne and like how he was a playwright he was a very successful playwright and he um ends up um dealing with World War One PTSD yeah which they didn't di- which they didn't have a diagnosis for at the time he has PTSD and from World War One and he feels okay well if we go live in the country all the noise of the city in London won't be so difficult for me which you can't run from PTSD the environment doesn't change it but then it like shows how his son would come up with these stories about this little bear and all of his little friends and then how he translated that into being about um when, turning those into the stories that we all know about Winnie the Pooh, but Margot Robbie plays his wife and she's like never really interacts with the son. She's like, no, the nanny will do it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> like, because this is again post World War. It's that like middle ground between World War One and World War Two when this is all happening. And because like his son grows up, this is like you know this is the true story. Oh, the son, British. Yeah, his son grows up and then fight goes to fight in World War II and he's in the trenches and like they're singing the songs from Winnie the Pooh because it reminds them of being home by the fire and like safe mm-hmm. so like oh my god it's like the saddest movie you'll ever see but like that's another thing where the mom is just like yes the nanny will do it it's fine I don't need to participate I need to get out was- and socialize 
what was funny is so that movie and Christopher Robin, like the little like the Disney movie with you and McGregor. It was within like, a year. Getting Winnie the Pooh again. They were both out at the same time. So I remember seeing like internet posts of like I thought I bought a ticket for the other one and then went into like the super depressing movie. I saw I saw um I saw uh Goodbye Christopher Robin at the Chicago Film Festival like like a month or so before it came out or a couple months, I'm sorry. And I'm sitting there like trying to hide how hard I'm sobbing. And then I was like, "Oh, forget it." I was getting the worst when you're just like an absolute mess in a theater. Oh my god, that's like how I was um, another a, another year at the film festival. My friend and I saw The Book Thief, and I was trying to hide it. And then a man, a man oh no. behind me went, oh! and I was like, "Okay, we're fine, we're fine. Just cry it all out." This man behind me is losing it. We're good. Everyone's crying. This is fine. We're all screwed. <laughs> we're all screwed. Yeah, but it like, is what it is. but I mean, that's like when you go see a Pixar movie and you're like. Mm-hmm. Because you do, you feel emotionally attacked. Like we're here to be for fun and laughs, and then they'll just they like, just lower the, the hammer. Emo hammer. Yeah. yeah, you're like, well, yeah. screw you. <laughs> I, I mean, it is a real emotional juggernaut. A uh, juggernaut. Because like I remember traumatizing seeing Pixar, Lion like King Coco in the theater. Oh yeah. Mean an absolute I mess. saw Lion King ten times that summer. That it was Girl, you? You know what? Now that, that I've summer. watched Lost, though, and our whole Lost, escapade, you understand that does not surprise yeah. me at all. Callie likes to torture herself with like really traumatic <laughs> moments on film over and over and over again, How do you and do I'm that? like, no. <laughs> oh. it, it's it's what reminds me that I'm still alive. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> she needs to feel something. But like that's how we feel with like so many of the mom characters, where we're just like, wait, she's dead. Right. I know. I like. I'm. I'm glad that they are at least keeping them alive now. Yeah. Some of them. En- Some of them. Yeah. Although- I would enjoy a little bit more of, like we said, like the mom's getting remarried, or maybe like we find out what yeah. kind of job mom does. Even the ones that are alive, there doesn't feel like there's a lot of detail. Yeah, I'm trying to them, think of you know? an exactly. onward That's saying, what the like- mom was doing for job. Did she have a job? Yeah. She did. I don't know what, but she did. I, I she mean, did. She, she worked out too. She's a warrior. She, I, I do okay. remember her working out. She's, <laughs> she's, but listen, yeah, like, no, but like, yeah, no, I love onward. Now I want to watch she's it again. Saying, but on, like, really, Helen Parr's the only one that's like a character. So I'm thinking of the man has like a fully again. fleshed out life. <laughs> like because I don't. I mean, she says she's going to work. Does she? So she does have a yeah because okay. she's like I'll see you after work okay because I she's like oh you have to get to school and I have to get to work I don't know what she does but she does have a job okay um Elastigirl has a job Andy's mom is just always there. I assume has a job because their house is nice right so unless she got like a crazy like insurance thing from right the like dad who we don't know like, she died Yeah. Little girl. Oh my god, don't talk to me about that. I, I adopted that okay, as but my also, then, I said earlier we don't talk about when she loved me. So okay, but like okay, but then in, uh, yeah. We don't talk about that, no. 
It's a lot. It's fine. That movie's a we don't lot. Need to talk about it, it is. It's fine. We'll leave it alone. But I do need to know <laughs> what I mean. Why? Where Andy's dad went? But like, I've, obviously, we have to assume she has a job, right? Because then she would hear when Andy's do or when Woody's doing his daily meetings with everyone. Because right? she, yeah. she, if she's in the house all the time, then they wouldn't be able to be toys yeah so she obviously has to have a job but what is it andy goes to college so yeah there has to be a job there has to be, like yeah who's who's paying for school who's funding this who's funding also who's funding daycare you know what i mean like what's her name the little molly bonnie sister yeah she had to go to daycare so her oh parents had to be her yeah money. yeah her um, parents work but we yeah. don't know what just like I just like a few details, Disney. It would not take you that long. Come on, it would not help pull us out away here. from the main focus. They're not just, quite you know. as reticent on the character driven details as the arrow is. Arrow's but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then I was thinking of like Emerita's mom's whole job is just being the queen of the clan. Which apparently she holds like, everybody fucking together. Because dad totally unwinds here. without mom there. Okay, but I love that. I do too. <laughs> <Such> <laughs> I love that. I do too. <laughs> Watching him go off the rails is really just, just what does it for me in that really movie. Really, just like, and he <laughs> will admit it. He'll be the first one to tell you, I can't do this without her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, which is great. Because, again, that's another thing that kids need to hear. Like, right. oh, my God, I'm so incompetent sometimes. Help me. Like, I know. Because they, they have this so many kids have this image of their parents where they're just like well they're my parents and they're going to take care of me and everything's going to be fine but if something goes wrong maybe one of their parents comes unraveled because they need their partner in order to keep them on that certain path which is fine but kids don't have like if that happens in their real life they're like well this doesn't happen in the movies because I feel like so many kids when they're young that's their basis of things they're like well it doesn't right. happen this way in the movies no and it's just it's reality like when my mom would go out of town on like a trip or something like my dad would make us like bologna sandwiches and oreos for dinner like <laughs> yep yep yeah yeah we had I a remember, lot of pizza. I, can, I can vividly remember my mom had to go on a business trip for a weekend and it was like a nuclear bomb went off. We went out to all eat. We did it was, was eat great. Pizza yeah. And rent movies. It was like a total. My dad just bought us junk food. It was a complete party. Back to Oliver and Company. <laughs> Briefly. That's how I got, saw Oliver and Company. Is my mom was back east visiting her mom. And my dad is like, well, I don't know. <laughs> so he took me to see a movie and we went out to McDonald's. I love it. That was the weekend That's we, what I love we of... watched all the Indiana Jones yes. movies. <laughs> That's we went to a baseball like game. I mean, it was awesome. You see all this stuff about, like, um, with, like, p- current parents and stuff of, like, oh, we have to worry about screen time for my kids and stuff. Nah. And it's like, this is a completely new thing. And it's like, no, we had screen time. It was just putting a kid in front of the VHS player and we just watched Disney yeah. movies. Yeah. You know what? It's funny, though, because I've had this conversation so many times over the years where, like, one of my friends, he was like, oh, if my mom needed to get something done, she just popped on Beauty and the Beast, and I didn't talk to her for that time. Like, Basically same. That was nothing. Yeah. That's, and that's how, like, my grandma oh, yeah. babysat me when I was little. She's like, here you I go. I could clear a two hours with a Disney movie, no problem. 
I would not talk to anyone. I would just watch and be in my own little world. Oh I yeah. I remember that once the little little when Little Mermaid came out, it was insane. Like I remember I really wanted the Ariel doll. Like it was like you had to, you know, sacrifice an arm to get the Ariel doll. And my aunt got it for me somehow. It was a miracle. And then I also remember because my aunt had cable that she taped all these Disney movies for me. And my mom brought them back from Florida, like bootleg. <laughs> my mom's like, don't mention the tapes on the plane. It's like, oh, is this illegal? I don't think so, but yeah. So it, it was, it, the Little Mermaid phase, those years were insane. When it relaunched, it was just crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like, uh, it was so easy. Like now kids are like, oh, my tablet died. Your phone died. You know, whatever. Whereas we were just like, meh. Well, I laugh at all the, the kids who have like you, their little videos. When as a kid you screwed up rewinding like their movie a video. screens inside the minivan. Yeah, you listen. can't even drive across town without watching something. You right, grip listen. Kids. Back in the day with me and Cal, you were it was me and my sisters in one like in the back seat for sixteen hours driving yep. to like Missouri. You had a book or wherever. And if you couldn't read while, while riding in a car, then you stared out the window. Oh, yeah. I couldn't read. <laughs> yep, yeah. I couldn't read in the car. It was horrible. Like, the big activity was my mom, like, trying to find, like, we did the car bingo thing. Or something. Yeah, car yeah. bingo. Did you? The, they That's had, like, the it. little board. We had, like, actual oh, little board. We didn't board have that. My stuff. mom would just, like, oh, my keep God. Trying. Yeah, it was just, it was a lot. Like, I seriously, well, we went to Yellowstone, and I remember by the time we got out of the car and back home, I never wanted to see another tree for the rest <laughs> of my life. <laughs> I was like, no more trees. I want concrete buildings everywhere. (laughs) Well, I remember at one point, it was like before the like TVs and stuff were like built in the cars, but my dad literally got like a a tiny TV that had like the built in VHS that I guess was like battery operated or something. But he like hooked it up and literally like duct taped it to the center console. Because we had a six-hour drive down to Southern California, and so it was like, we we made it work. Just, just I would ask my parents that all the time. Duct when, tape in a dream. Right when Lauren was little, I mean, we always brought this. Like when we would go to a restaurant, we brought the the little DVD player because you could set it up, ones, yeah. throw on Beauty and the Beast, yeah, and be fine. And we were like, we always asked my mom and dad, we're like, what did you guys do? Like, how did you function did, as parents? They got babysitters. He's like, we didn't right? go to restaurants for starters. <laughs> I had many babysitters. We went on to a restaurant without you. <laughs> I was like, oh, that works too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, surprisingly, we had a decent amount of discussion on Disney Moms considering the... There's like none of it. Yeah, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And because we mainly kind of focus on the Disney Pixar thing in the general like family of brands and stuff. Like, Star Wars has a bit more to work on, like, because Leia and then Anakin's mom are basically the only moms, or Padme dies in childbirth, because... We don't want to talk about that. It's just going to make me mad. That'll just make you... (laughs) Hallie's a little angry about Star Wars. (laughs) Listen, I'm starting to think that I'm not really a Star Wars fan. I think you might not because be. I I like the the original trilogy because of nostalgia. I think you're just a Han Leia shipper and as far yeah, as yeah, I like the original. No, but I like the original trilogy because of nostalgia. I like sure. Rogue One because that's an arguably fantastic Good movie. movie, and yeah, I like the Mandalorian because the Mandalorian's awesome. 
and I oh, hate yeah. everything yes. else. I mean, you don't like Luke Skywalker. I hate Luke. Right? I mean, you don't like anything in the first three trilogies. Oh. You hate Rain and Ben Solo. Oh, despise. Like, you're moderately affectionate to Finn, but that's moderate. Yeah. And like a little bit. Not enough to it's not overcome like the like, whole raid. Right. It's not like they're the, your they're your children. And you'll protect them at all costs. No. So I think basically this really boils down to nostalgia, and you're a Han and Leia shipper, and that's fine. You should like what you like, and and that's that's cool. And then like Marvel, you basically. <laughs> Okay, so we're finishing our basement downstairs, oh and we're doing like movie poster themes. And I found this really cool movie poster. It was huge of like did the you Skywalker saga. I did get it, and so I texted Maddie and Callie to see like, hey, what do you guys think of this? And Callie was like, no. so take out the first poster and the last poster, <laughs> and just have the middle one because that was the original trilogy. And I'm like, I think that really just sums you up. It really does. Your- it really does. <laughs> there we go. But I did get it because it was yeah. cool. Now, and then yeah. Marvel, you basically, your only mom. So, Frigga was really cool, Thor's mom, but then she died. Of course. Yeah, she done died, too. Why wouldn't she die? Because <laughs> in terms of comic books, the mom has to die. Yeah. She has to. And, I mean, if your parents aren't dead before you become a superhero, they sure as hell are dying at yeah. some point during the journey. Nobody gets out Tony's of superhero life dead. without having some kind of a dead parent situation. Right, because I feel like that is like a driving the force, indicator. which yep, is it's so annoying. It's ridiculously annoying. I mean, Steve, I kind of feel Rogers like people, parents were dead, but it was I kind of feel like Batman did it best in terms of like severe tra- trauma that would, you know, perhaps really make somebody want to wear something that makes them look like a bat. Like, I feel there's a good thread there but pretty much everything else I'm like you know the parents could have been alive it's fine <laughs> okay side like, note Steve can Rogers I just tell you really quickly like... the funniest thing on the planet so my sister has a son and he loves Spider-Man right mm. <laughs> my sister called me one day and she's gonna kill me when she listens to this but I have to say this out loud my sister called me one day maybe like a couple weeks ago and just starts screaming when I say hello. And she's like, did you know Spider-Man is the only superhero who became a superhero because he got bit by something? She thought all superheroes fell into like a vat of something or were bitten by something. And I'm like, oh, oh my honey. God, no. Honey. How do you think Iron Man came to be? Did oh, he like swallow iron? <laughs> like, I literally just stared at the FaceTime call and then I just started laughing so hard because I'm like what? You thought that how do you think Captain America came to be? Like he got hit by an American flag? Yeah. I don't understand. An eagle bit him. On an American <laughs> flag. <sauce>. Yeah. <laughs> Patriotism oh. runs through his veins. Hey, you know, speaking of <laughs> Spider-Man, he didn't have his parents. All he had was Aunt May and Uncle Ben. But, you know, Uncle Ben Although, got killed, so all he really has is Aunt May. Aunt May's a great surrogate Foster mom. mom of, yeah. I, I like the Marissa Tomei. Yeah, May. they were good. Aunt May's quality. Yeah. And now, like, Pepper Potts is like a mom, and so, but she just becomes slowly more Gwyneth Paltrow as time goes on because she's I love an endgame when it's like she's reading about composting and it's like of course she is of course you are (laughs) goop 
next there's gonna be some fake version of goop yes oh lordy I can't yeah but I can't once again superheroes you can't really have a mom around because then you're too well adjusted although wait Black Panther Black Ah! Panther Ah! strongest mom ever but no dad that's true dad then died but well, he can only yeah, become. But, but he can only become the Black Panther if his dad died. So it's like, it, yeah. <laughs> see, that's a little, that's a loophole. That's a loophole. Yep. He can only become that next great protector when his the previous protector dies. So that's a little bit of a loophole, though, in the parent that's situation. That's the whole monarchy situa- situation, yeah. But once again, as we discussed, that like the characters who have a dead dad but still have a mom are a lot more well adjusted. True because, facts. It's very true. You know, T'Challa's pretty like. He's oh good. man, like, he's he has solid. things handled. Like dude knows what you know. What? Tony has a ton of issues that he had to work through, and like <laughs> Thor had to work through some stuff post dead mom, and like, but you know, Tatal's good. <laughs> Love it. So basically, what we've discovered: moms are important, right? Like, right? Like, look we at have value in our children's lives. <laughs> it's not only T'Challa though; it's also his sister too. You're like. Man, she is the, one of the smartest people in all of Wakanda. And you know what? She only has a mom. No, she's literally, like, it's the known thing of, like, she's the smartest person in the world. And so, there we go. Because you need moms. Exactly. Moral of the Amen. story is you need the moms. Disney, listen to us. You need the moms and blended families. There you go. There we go. What they well, need to do is just hire all of us as writers. Yes. Just more moms. We'll fix it. We'll, we'll fix, fix it all. Everything. Yep. Yeah. We're good at that. <laughs> but there we go. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Jen and Callie. That well, thanks everyone for go, us. go listen to Watch Over. It's a lot of fun. That yeah, we'll record an episode as soon as I'm, you know, allowed to exist outside of my job. <laughs> valid. Very valid. But they, both of you have a wonderful Mother's Day this weekend. Aww, and this will probably drop during mother's day weekend so y'all enjoy we'll probably for like father's day we'll probably talk something mandalorian related Mm. because he's our because mando's (laughs) our favorite space dad oh yeah mando's awesome the depth of my husband's love for mando is strong i mean i'm obsessed with pedro pascal and he's the most amazing i loved him on game of thrones he Dude, was so no. good on games. And did you see? So watch good. him on Narcos? Oh my god! No, I started watching Narcos, but I didn't finish it. Okay, I'm addicted to, to Narcos. It. It's one of my favorite shows that like Netflix okay. has put out. It's so good, and he's so good. But he's only in, um, he's only in Narcos, not in Narcos Mexico. Narcos Mexico has Diego Luna, which again, watch because Diego Luna. Diego Luna, yeah, yeah. Pedro yeah, Pascal okay. is on um, the first one. But no, Pedro is amazing. He's just amazing in whatever he does. Even behind a yeah. big steel mask. Still amazing. Mm-hmm. Somehow. And because Baby Yoda's great. He's one of the few things to drum up maternal instincts from me. So True. there we go. Yeah. 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 Fair. Bringing it all back around. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Thanks for coming on. And um, thank you so much for listening um, to Once Upon a Stream podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Once Upon a Stream. Likewise, we do also have our Patreon. And so if you contribute to that, we are super thankful. So that's patreon.com slash Once Upon a Stream if you choose to donate. Thanks again so much and have happy mother's day bye bye, bye. bye.